It's Tuesday. After a contentious Monday, Jesus has no plans of slowing down. On this day, the crowds gathered in the temple very early to hear what Jesus would be teaching. The Pharisees, Sadducees, chief priests, and scribes attempt on four occasions this day to lay traps for Jesus. We see the first trap by the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders in Mark 11:28. By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? However, Jesus will not fall into their trap. Instead of answering their question, he poses to them another question. In Mark 11:30, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? The Jewish leaders are trapped by Jesus' question. If they say John the Baptist was baptizing by the authority of God, Jesus will ask them why they refuse to listen to him. If they say that he had only the authority of man, the crowd might turn on them because they love John. So instead, they play ignorant. We see the second trap laid by the Pharisees and Herodians in Mark 12, 14. Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? This trap is particularly vicious. The Herodians were a Jewish party who were politically allied with Rome and the Herodian dynasty controlling the first century Palestine. If Jesus defies Caesar's taxes, then the conflict will immediately rise to the political arena, having defied the Roman Empire. If he accepts Caesar's taxes, he's discounted as the Messiah in the eyes of the people. Instead of falling into their trap, though, Jesus takes a Roman coin and asks, whose image is on it? The answer, of course, being Caesar. Jesus then responds in Mark 12, 17, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. His meaning being that since you are made in God's image, you belong to God, and therefore your very lives should be lived in service to him, even as Caesar's money is used in service to Caesar. The third trap is laid by the Sadducees, asking about a hypothetical woman who is six times widowed, and after marrying a seventh man, she dies. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as wife. The Sadducees do not believe in God's resurrection of the dead, and they recognize only the authority of the first five books of the Bible. However, they represent the ruling class. They are highly influential leaders in Jewish society. They seek to ridicule Jesus' belief in the resurrection and undermine his ruling authority. Jesus responds out of the book of Exodus, explaining that they don't understand the scriptures or God. For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. As for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. You're quite wrong. The fourth and final trap is laid by a scribe, an expert in law. In Mark 12, 28, he says, Which commandment is the most important of all? Well, Jesus responds to the scribe with two passages of Scripture. In Mark 12, 30, he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
The first passage he quotes is from Deuteronomy 6, 4-5, and it's a summary of the first five of the Ten Commandments. Jesus' second greatest commandment is from Leviticus 19.18, which is a summary of the last five of the Ten Commandments. So Jesus' response to the question of ranking God's commandments is all of God's commandments. After this, the scribe is put in his place, and he, he seems persuaded by Jesus' teaching, but is still unwilling to submit to him as Lord. So Jesus goes on the offensive, reasserting his authority as even the Lord of David and the Son of God, whose death will solidify God tearing the kingdom away from the Jewish leadership and giving it to the nations. He then pronounces seven woes on the scribes and Pharisees for their hypocrisy and failure to lead the people rightly. At the close of a long day of debate, Jesus and his disciples head back to the Mount of Olives, where Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. Jesus is clear that though the Pharisees are in places of authority, their lives are not worth emulating. Not only do they undermine the very law of God in practice, they have also failed to believe in the Messiah whom God has sent. And this very week, they're going to put him to death. The disciples are to take heed lest they think that the day of judgment on Israel for its unbelief will never come. The day of the destruction of the temple that Jesus was foretelling foreshadows the day of judgment still to come when Christ returns. Jesus applies this day to us in Luke 21:34. But watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Brothers and sisters, Christ will return to judge the living and the dead. In the meantime, you will be tempted to fall into sin. You'll be ridiculed for your old-fashioned morals. You may even be persecuted or put to death. If that isn't enough, there is the everyday cares of life that are going to distract you. The application to you this Tuesday is the same as it was to the disciples sitting with Jesus on the Mount of Olives on that Tuesday. Pray that you will keep your feet under you. Pray that God grants you the strength to endure. Pray that he will keep your faith in Jesus to the end so that you may stand before the Son of Man on Judgment Day, rejoicing at his return.